Are you looking to grow your business and stay resilient? Look no further than FM Global. With over 180 years of scientific research and engineering expertise, we bring innovative solutions to ensure your commercial property today so you can prosper tomorrow. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 193. Talk about quizzes and how they can benefit your business with Adriana McDermott. Adriana McDermott is the founder and CEO of Ava and the Bee, a content marketing agency exclusively for wedding pros. Ava and the Bee offers done-for-you digital marketing through the power of consistent content, all while focusing on proven SEO strategies. Adriana is also the founder of the Creative VA Academy, a hub for creatives looking to hone their natural skills and establish a profitable creative virtual assistant business that earns them a full-time income doing what they love. I am so thrilled that Adriana is here with us today, having worked with her firsthand on our quiz that we used to launch our Better with Renee Dallow membership. I am so excited for her to share her wisdom of all things quizzes with you. So go grab your coffee, grab your tea, and let's talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow, as always. This week, I am joined by the lovely and talented Adriana McDermott. Hey Hi. How I'm, are you? I am doing really good. I'm so excited to be here today. I feel like I just saw you, even though it was like months ago now. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It was February, Time right? Flies. Yeah. February, yeah. We, we saw each other in person at the BSAGE conference up in Napa, which was phenomenal, I thought. Amazing. It was, yeah. I can't wait for next year. <laughs> like, I'm so yeah. excited. Like, I was there this year as a speaker, and I'm like, I want to go next year to Mexico. Like, sign me up to go. Oh, I literally already told my husband I'm going. <laughs> I was like, passport's ready. <laughs> I'm going to Mexico in February 2024. <laughs> He's like, just... uh, do I get to come? That's what my husband always says. Should I come? I'm like, well, though, do you, you will, you'll probably be bored. Yeah. Bless him. Bless the husbands. <laughs> yeah. I just tell mine, this is me time. Yes. You have you time. I have me time. Yes. Earlier in my career, I would say, it's business development, Joe. And he'd be like, oh, okay. And now I can't really say that anymore. I think I've been, I think I'm developed, you know? So it's like, I don't know how much more I can use that excuse, but he's very supportive, as I'm sure your spouse is as well. Yeah. My husband just always sees like the pictures and he's like, I I just feel like every wedding conference, there's just a lot of drinking (laughs) and a lot of partying. And he's like, do they actually teach? I was like, oh no, like they are so educational. But you have to understand that like once the education's done, like we're at the bar and at the restaurant and getting seven desserts. Like this is what it is. I think the thing people don't understand, I love it. we started with conferences, guys. Our topic is not conferences, but we'll get there. Um, is that, like, because we never get to party, even though we are at parties a lot, like, this is our time. Like, yeah, I'm going to go eat. Like, I th- what did Megan and Brian and I went to dinner, and we literally ordered something with caviar, like, every night. And we were like, we're just fancy bitches on this trip. Like, sorry, I never get to do this. We normally watch people eating the apps with caviar. And now we're those people. I think it was potato chips with caviar. I don't really remember now because I'm 90 years old, but that's that's my sense. Anyhow, I'll see you in Mexico is what I'm saying. Yes. No, I... <laughs> hey, going I to told, Mexico, you guys. 
I totally get it. It's, I'm so excited. <laughs> well, our topic today is actually quizzes and funnels and all the things that y'all are scared of. And Adriana is here to talk about all of her wealth of knowledge about these things, mostly because I love her. And also she created the quiz that you all have taken about what is your self-care theme song. And so we're going to dive into all things. Yes, I'm really excited. That quiz was so fun to make. <laughs> I tell everybody to take it slash like it was such a fun project because I do. I love quizzes. I think they're a really fun and exciting way to grow your audience as we will discuss. But this is yes. such a fun topic because I know that funnels seem really, really scary. Yeah. Like I know when I was a wedding pro, I didn't, if you said the word funnel, I just cringed or like mm -hmm. got like hives. Yeah. So I promise that funnels are not as quite as overwhelming, especially when we can think of them like a fun quiz. Like I feel like a yes. quiz is just like a fun funnel. Yes. That doesn't feel heavy. Right. And that's why I wanted to do one for the membership. So we're talking about the launch of Better with Renee Dalla, which we did back in the spring, which we're going to launch again in a couple of weeks. Maybe by the time this airs, it'll already be done. But anyway, um, the quiz is evergreen. And it's just a really fun way to engage because, you know, prior to quizzes becoming a thing, like the top of a funnel was like, OK, here's a freebie or like here's a template. And those things are so valuable. But are they fun? I don't know. Sometimes, maybe. Yeah, I think they can be great for certain contexts. Like, I definitely think there's value in a PDF guide yes. or like something, you know, like that, depending on your audience. But I think what's really fun with quizzes is A, they're fun to take as a user. And we have to acknowledge our audience's attention span go down by the minute. Like, you have <laughs> only a few seconds to keep them interested. It's true. So I think it's fun. I also like it because I think you can get some valuable market in research. Like if you've ever wondered what stage of planning they're in, you can literally ask it in a quiz and yep. they have to answer it. Yes. So I think it's a fun way to kind of allow you to also understand your audience a little bit better. Yeah. And I think people so, like learning about themselves. People love. And I think they love they love having something to say they are. Yeah. So like they like just saying like I am the whatever. Like yeah. I am the super boss babe or whatever it is like whatever they just like having like a statement and quizzes yeah. can give them a statement as yeah. funny as you want it to be or as serious as you want it to be which is also cool yeah and these things these these things we ascribe with the with the results of a quiz they really stay with people like i've had people email me like even just last week and was like do you know that i listen to shake it off now before every wedding because i the quiz told them their song was shake it off and i'm like you know what i love it i'm here for it and i fucking love it because more things should be fun for us in business. There is so many, so many things that don't feel fun. And a quiz is just a really fun way in. So I want to say this little one piece before I give the floor to, Ad to Adriana to talk about her work. The reason I reached out to her about this quiz is because she posts on her social media stories how many slots she has left of certain work. And she even said, someone please write, please, someone please hire me to make a quiz. I love making quizzes. Literally the same day that I was like, maybe I should get a quiz, knowing full well that I have neither the attention span, skill set, or time to make a quiz. And I was like, well, if this isn't like a gift from the universe. So I'm saying that to you all who listening to be like, post your desires on your social, post your work on your social because you never know who's watching. Anyway, I just wanted to say that one piece. I know you know that that's how it happened, but. I think it's so cool though. And I now, if you look at my stories, I'm way better at it because I, when you told me that, it made me go, oh, okay, wait. So it actually does work. So now I'm really consistent because. It does work. 
it does work. It opens yeah. it up somehow, the universe. Yeah. So if someone's considering doing a quiz and they're like, mm, I don't know, are there certain topics or certain mindsets, I guess, that are great for quizzes and certain ones that are bad for quizzes? Yeah. So when it comes to quizzes, I feel like there's quite a few different things that we can consider, like what makes a good quiz or like, is a quiz good for me? And one of the one of the positives that it works for, for wedding pros is definitely those who are catering to maybe booking a lot more people. So what I mean by that is if you're like a solo photographer and you only do like five weddings a year and you're not looking to book 30 for associates, a quiz might not be the best because it is going to get you a lot more people into your funnel than you might be thinking. But where a quiz works really well is you have associates or you have a team or you can handle capacity that you want to get booked. So DJs, photographers with teams, um, we work with a lot of stationery. So you have an online shop, speakers, of course, if you're a speaker or you're looking to kind of get into the education side, those are really where it shines. Um, bridal boutiques or attire shops can be great for that because anything you want a little bit more influx of traffic and to really understand your market is typically what we suggest for a quiz. So that kind of gives you an idea of, you can definitely have a quiz if you're like, only doing five weddings a year, just know you might want to be selling something else as well. Yeah, It's a little bit more focused if you are looking to kind of get a, a bunch of leads into a funnel and to kind of understand the offerings and, and yes. where you're going to be pushing them. I love that. So I have a feeling, because it was my feeling as well, when I was like, maybe I should do a quiz. And I was like, oh Lord, I have no idea how to write that. And sometimes when I would say, oh, we're working on a quiz, they were like, did you have to write all the answers? Because that felt like the most daunting part for people. And I will say, like, Adriana hand, like was holding my hand and throughout the whole thing. And, and her, she and her team actually wrote it. But is that often an objection that you hear from folks as much? Yeah. So definitely the biggest objection is the answers and just the idea of, like, what do I have to do for a quiz? And one of the things when it comes to the answers, and this is how we did it with you, is we actually do that first. So we tackle the big beast of the quiz first because once we know the four three or four places or however many we're funneling to the rest of the questions are 10 times easier because we get a lot of people who are like i kind of think i know what i want to learn about them or, or the things i want to kind of pitch them but i don't know how to get them there so once we solidify those the questions are a lot easier because then we can instantly think about them so the way yeah. we start is at the bottom we build what are the results? So for example, four is kind of a common, what are the four results? And then we create, we like to create little, like we did for you, like archetypes almost. Yeah. Where is that person in their journey? Why do they need my product? And then you can create the questions once you have those four kind of big pieces. Yeah. Yeah. It was really doable once we broke it all down. And I remember I my biggest memory of creating this quiz with you is when I think I, I don't know if I said it to you out loud or I wrote it to you and I was like, you know that me, you know that that tweet about how the woman went through the airport and was like a super A plus airport person like that's me like that needs to be one of the answers. And that is still my favorite question on the quiz. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, there's this there's this tweet. I wish I could remember who tweeted it. I will never remember. But it's basically something about like when I go through security, I want to do it so well that they offer me a job. And I think that's what's so fun with quizzes is that you can have fun with that yeah. because that was such a fun question. I immediately thought of like 
me versus my husband, who is the one who wants the gold star and wants to be hired by TSA. Uh And it's kind of fun because you can have fun with questions like that. Like you can have a few serious ones, but you can also have really fun that don't seem like they make a lot of sense, but actually tell a lot about a person. Like that question actually for your quiz told you a lot about their personality, right? Are they like type A? Are they overwhelmed are they super chill and don't really they just kind of show up and hope it all works out like that actually tells you a lot about them so it's fun and then there i am with my clear plus tsa pre-check plus my slip-off shoes but i don't even have to take off my shoes plus everything in in its place if, if they pull my bag over i get like mad i'm like oh how dare they no i'm perfect at this what are you talking about like i'm so judgy at check at like, you don't even want to be next to me. My husband's always like, I don't know you in these moments. Like, I, who are you right now? And I was like, this person in front of me is just ridiculous. And he's like, not everyone travels four times a month. You know, I'm like, I know, I know. But that's that's 100 percent my husband. He like doesn't want to be seen with me. And I'm not that. <laughs> it's not that I'm not an organized like I have also the pre check and I fly a lot and I'm organized. But because I'm not quite to his standard mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that he's just like, like in shock when my passport or like my ID isn't in my hand as yeah, I'm getting out of the that's car. What my husband does. I'm like, what are you doing? Minutes. Or he last time we tra- traveled together, actually I think it was when we were coming home from Portugal. He like wore a belt, and I was so annoyed. I was so like enraged. I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, keeping my pants up. I'm like, this is ridiculous. You need a travel outfit. We got to work on your travel outfit. I can't. I can't live like this. Like that's what I literally said to him. I can't live like this. And he's like okay, you just go ahead to, to, with your global entry and we'll see you on the other side. I was like, okay, bye. Like, <laughs> Hey, but it made a great quiz question it and did. I bet it fits a lot of people when they read it. They probably go, that is me. 100%. Well, I can, I have looked on the back end many times and I've seen the answers and so many of my actual members actually answered that question the way I would. And I was like, well, isn't that something? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> right. So let's talk a little bit about the data that you can get from the quiz. Like I mentioned, like I've been on the back end. I've been sort of checking in to be like, there is a definite quote unquote winner. Like there is a definite bucket that most people fall into. But what can people do with that data? Oh, I love that. So there's so many fun things that you can do with the, with that. So first is you can really understand your audience's journey in purchasing something from you. So for example, if we've so we worked with one client that was stationary and so we kind of solidified she had kind of four styles like packages almost and styles of of stationary right with signage and stuff so what we were able to do was create funnels for you know which of the four main ones were you and it allowed her to create additional products slash see what weren't really capturing her audience what was really cool was she was able to go back in the data and say oh no one's coming to me for this style yeah i thought they all were that allowed her to make an informed decision to make more of the top style and not focus so much on the outliers that no one really wanted, yes. right? It also allows you, kind of depending what you're using it for, so if you are someone who's more of an educator, you can again see what they need from you, right? Maybe it's a specific offering or specific style of teaching you need to be doing. It could also be if you are just trying to get an idea of But another option could be, let's say you have multiple services or offerings, you can kind of help fine tune what that client needs from you. So for example, even maybe a photographer or like a planner. So maybe you're a planner, you do a lot of events, you have a team that can do a lot of events, but you're not quite sure 
they might not understand the difference between a full wedding weekend versus your coordination. You can have a quiz that both sells your packages, so it shows all the value you do, while also getting a better idea of where they're at in their journey and how you can serve them better. So a lot of it is you can also use that data to sell then directly back to them because you can say, hey, you are thinking that you just need a coordinator. Here's all the reasons why, you know, you're kind of upselling them in the quiz, right? Here's all the reasons why you should go for a full wedding weekend management, right? Yes. So you can kind of shift what they're actually getting at the end of it to be whatever is going to fit your business and what you're serving the best without it feeling as salesy. Like, I feel like it doesn't feel as icky when it's just like right. a fun, like, you can't wait for your wedding. You're so excited. Guess what? You actually need this. Like, yeah. and you're telling them and they're more excited to get told that because they're coming to you for that answer. So I think a lot of that data we can kind of use to sell to them without feeling so kind of like sales call -y. Yeah, another example that I was thinking of more in a general sense is that like, you know, as an educator, like I have so many things, right? We've got the podcast, I've got courses, I've got templates, I've got workshops, I've got a membership. And so a cool idea might be like, if you have so many of those things to sort of get someone through their journey and say like, okay, this is what I have for you right now. Like, are you beginning? Maybe just listen to the podcast. Maybe your years two or th two to three in, maybe you need a template. Maybe your year is five plus, maybe you need the membership. Like there's different things available for different people as to where they are in the journey, even if it's not a wedding planning client, even if it's B2B. Exactly. I love it for B2B for that because it also lets you kind of see where they're at in their journey. So mm -hmm. you can think of, oh, I have a lot of people at this one stage that I kind of didn't realize I had so many. How can we nurture them more? Or what yeah. can we create for them that's going to get them excited? And it does, it kind of allows them to understand the journey of your business, especially when you're multifaceted and you are B2B. You know, a lot of times you probably get the, the questions of, well, I don't know what exactly I need. Like you said, you have yeah. 17 offerings. Well, right. why not just tell them what they need right. based on a quiz that takes them 60 seconds and right. gives them such a powerful guide. And then the other thing to mention here, too, because we've talked a lot about the quiz and that's amazing, but then also the funnel that backs it up to support it. Like there's a lot of learning and educating and growing that can be done throughout the funnel. The funnel, to my mind, is not just like sales, sales, sales. Yeah, so what's really cool with the funnel is depending on kind of the final journey you take them, you know, so once they, once they take the quiz, you don't want to just drop them off with a single email and be like, here's your stuff. What's really great is you can nurture them with multiple emails. So you could have maybe the first email is, here's your results, exciting, this is fun. And then you can nurture them, right? You can say, based on your results, I see you, I hear you. Here's what we can do to serve you better in this space. You can give them, if you have a podcast, give them other podcasts to listen to to get them to understand your voice. Um, you could show them different galleries if you're a photographer. Like there's ways for you to, again, increase that know, like, and trust factor. And then you can start selling, right? You can say, hey, it looks like you're really at the stage of your business where you're, you're gonna need a little bit more one-on-one -on -one coaching. We offer one-on-one -on -one coaching services. Here's how we can serve you while always tying back into that initial. So you can kind of like do that shout out, like here's what your test result was. Here's how our one-on-one -on -one coaching helps you. And you can also do fun things like video. Like you could have it be a landing page with a video of you talking or like a personalized mini podcast of like, you know, one episode that they listen to. There's a lot of fun ways other than just email in case someone's thinking, well, I don't want to just do email. 
there's so many other fun things you can do to warm them up in that post sequence. Yeah, it's a place you can really be creative, right? I love getting emails with like fun gifts in them or like, or like, yeah, this is a podcast we created you or even like a loom. Like if you have a smaller list and you're like, hey, this one's just for Adriana. Like, hey, like I've gotten emails of that and I've been like, whoa, did they just say, hey, Renee? Like I've dug in and been like, how did they, oh, this is a loom. Like, and granted, is it li a little bit labor intensive? Sure. But if it's a small group, right? I mean, it could be very powerful. And I just think so many um, wedding pros shy away from the funnel because they think it's corporate or boring. It doesn't have to be. It really doesn't. No, you can really create such a personality. Like you said, that bloom trick. I have gotten that. I joined someone's program one time because I know they went through their funnel. They went through the ones that were really the most interested. She probably spent a few hours, but it works. Like hearing my name in a three minute loom changed my mind about that product, right? Yep. It made me instantly trust them. Yep. So even if you could just nurture them, whether it's a B2B or a B2C, like there are so many, like you said, fun and exciting ways that aren't just like an email. Like there's so many things you can do for them. Yeah. What do you say to folks? And I'm just, I don't, I don't have this mindset, but I know a lot of people do about like, well, I don't want to be in someone's inbox. It feels like I'm like, I hate getting those marketing emails. I personally don't. In fact, I will tell you this. When I see other businesses that I love and support, especially people that I know, I'm like, send me it. I want to know. Send me your newsletter. Let me fucking read it. Because I'm like, I don't get mad when Banana Republic emails me several times a week. Right. What's your take on that? No, I totally agree. Emails, I think, are so much, honestly, even more personal than social media. Like, I know everyone's like social media is social, but in my opinion, it's not always. Like, I think emails are a little bit more personal. Like, I think that having that time in their inbox is actually really valuable. And at the end of the day, like what I tell clients, because I, I hear that all the time, is like, if they don't want to hear from you, they'll unsubscribe. It's not a big deal. Like anyone who has a funnel knows that unsubscribes are a very normal and understanding part of the process. But so many more people will stay subscribed than you think. I've had clients be like, everyone's just going to immediately unsubscribe. And then we nope. look at their data and I'm like, no, like nope. most people are staying and they're opening because they want yeah. to hear from you. Right. So like yeah. you said, like it's fun. And especially if you are offering things like you do do sales or you do do promotions, like why not talk directly to the people who are already interested? Yeah. Because on Instagram, it's a broad audience, right? It, it, yeah, people you're just can... yelling into the void in Instagram sometimes. Exactly, yeah, totally. So why not have an email which has a much higher rate of actually going to the audience that it's already, they're already warm, right? These are people yeah. who are warm enough to understand, like people are smart. They understand when they give an email, they're gonna get an email after. Like they understand the transaction, yeah. which means they're still so interested in you that they're fine with that transaction. So like, why not go into that and just know that if they're not interested, they'll unsubscribe, no big deal. Absolutely, and also just for your own like mental health, don't ever look at your unsubscribes. Like just don't, you don't know what someone had in their brain what kind of what, what kind of day someone was having in that one moment they were like i'm gonna unsubscribe like it it isn't personal it's business and just because they've unsubscribed doesn't mean they can't resubscribe at some time in the future so i never look i really don't same i mean with our email list like it's just such a normal like people are gonna unsubscribe and yep. it's totally fine because like you said if they're gonna come back they might come back if it wasn't a good fit or it's not a big deal 
And like, to be fair, as an educator, I, uns I do unsubscribe from my friends who are educators email lists because I have, I have a thought that like, I don't ever want to inadvertently copy someone. And just because something passes by my eye in a quick email read, like, I'm like, no, no, no. So there are people that I deeply love and I'm not on their email list because I'm like, I respect it. I love what you're doing out there in the world, but I cannot, I don't want the risk. Right. And that's just a little B2B. <laughs> that's a little inside baseball for the wedding industry speakers that I love, but I'm just like, I love you. I see your launch. I'm so supportive. Yay. But I'm not going to read your email. I'm going to subscribe. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the logistics of getting the quiz and the email funnel set up. Cause I feel like that feels daunting for folks. Is it hard? Is it easy? Is it expensive? What's your take on it? Yeah. So it definitely can seem a little daunting. So I'll just go through kind of my top apps, like what I suggest, right? So this is just We've built a whole bunch, this is just what we suggest. So first of all, when it comes to a quiz, the things that you're gonna need is you're gonna need a platform for them to take the quiz, and then you're gonna need some kind of email platform. So this is gonna be what sends out the email, some kind of newsletter, and then whatever website you have. So it's really probably the only new thing you need is maybe a newsletter and the quiz. So when it comes to the quiz, we use a program called Interact. That's kind of the big one. If you've taken almost any online business owner, like the big ones quiz, it's probably Interact. There are a few others, but in my opinion, cost-wise, pretty great. Gives you the analytics you want. So you're gonna use a program called Interact. And what's really, really cool about Interact is actually building in the back end, they make very visual. So they literally will walk you through, you type in the, you type in the four or however many answers or results first. So just like when you build it, you start with that, you add in the questions and then you just tell it which question goes to which answer. So that's interact. When it comes to the actual email funnel and the newsletter part, we typically suggest if you're brand new, a platform like Flowdesk, yeah. it's low cost to entry, visually appealing, doesn't, you don't need all the bells and whistles of other big platforms. And then that's kind of all you need. If you want to have some kind of landing page where it sits on just whatever website you use, if you want to create any PDFs that go along, obviously Canva, it's kind of like the go-to, yeah. videos, Loom, and that's kind of about it really. As long as you have Interact and some kind of email platform, yeah. you're pretty much good to go. Yeah, you can make it, it can be really low tech, really. It doesn't have to be, um, like I know we've probably all taken like a Jenna Kutcher quiz where it feels very bells and whistles-y, and it doesn't have to be. And I will even say, um, for those of you who have taken the quiz that Adriana did, the the um, theme song quiz, you know, we launched that without any images in the quiz because I was like, I want it launched. Like, let's just streamline it. And that's on the list of things to do in, on for my team in the next couple of weeks is to go back in and add some fun images to make it just a, a, a more a visual experience. But do you need them? No. Did a thousand people take the quiz without the images? Yes, like we're good, but it's just another thing to kind of get creative about. Yeah, and I, that's what I was gonna say is like, you don't, don't worry about having to make it visually the craziest, right? Like it can just be text. It will still convert really, really well. You can add the images later. You can add branded landing pages later, like just get it set up and you can go back in later and pretty it up if you feel like it. But Honestly, a text-only quiz does fine on itself. It, I'm, I'm living proof that it did fine on its own. But one of the one of the nice things to or, or things to do just in an up-leveling sense, right? Like 
you I'm, I'm a big fan of like launching things lean, right? Like launch it lean and then build it up as you go. See what works, see what doesn't. I think if you're building a quiz on your own, I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, Adriana, that it, there's going to probably be a little more tweaking than there would be if you hired someone. Yeah. So the thing with quizzes is there's definitely involves some tweaking. So what we even tell clients that we we do full quiz building is like six months, six or so months after it launches is take a look at it, right? Because you might by then have enough data and market research to go, oh, like no one's really doing this result. Maybe we should adjust the quiz or this question I don't think is giving me the data I need. So that's another thing I love about quizzes is you don't have to like rebuild a funnel every time. You can literally in the quiz platform, just quickly adjust it, right? Maybe you're just tweaking a question or one thing we've done for clients is change the order. So we've done some A-B testing with clients where the first question we've changed to see which question's the most enticing. So again, it's really great because you can easily go back in, like you said, get it launched, give it a few months, get the data, get people taking it. And then you can look at the numbers and say, hey, let's make these little tweaks because it's definitely just like marketing in general, it's gonna change and evolve. Like your quiz will change and evolve just like your regular marketing does. But I think that's kind of, see, as a marketer, I love that. As as a marketer, like to me, that's the funnest part is when we go in and make little tweaks. So yeah, totally normal that you might change a few things after a few months of seeing it go. Yeah, and I think the quiz and the funnel are both long games, right? Like, it's not like you're going to do the quiz and be like, a thousand people took it. That means a thousand people are in. It's like, no, they naturally fall off. Other things take their attention. It's good to re-engage, but just starting on that journey of having a funnel, I will say as someone who has many funnels for many different things, eventually, you're right, they convert, right? And it's not always going to be the way you think or the time you think, because when people need you, they'll seek you out. And they'll sometimes it's, oh, I'm going to answer the last email I opened from her, even if it has nothing to do with the email I sent. Some of this is just about being top of mind, don't you think? Oh, 100%. I'm so glad you mentioned that because with marketing, so much of marketing's job is just literally to make you top of mind. Like the whole point of social media is to be top of mind. And it's just like that with your funnels is, like you said, it's not, you're not going to have a million people take it right away. It's just like when you launch a website, like not everyone's going to run to it, right? Like you're going to have to promote it. Like you're going to have to talk about the quiz. You're going to have to like make it part of your vocabulary, come take the quiz, you know, put it on your website and, and all this stuff. But yeah, it's definitely something where it is a long-term strategy, but from something, you know, I've been doing marketing for a long time in the wedding industry, that long-term strategy is what gets you the best clients. Like the top paying clients, the ones that feel the most aligned are the ones that simply have had all those touch points and feel comfortable with you. So as long as you go into it knowing that it is about the multiple touch points, it is so worth it in the long run. What do you think, um, because I know this is a question that people are probably thinking, especially if they don't know funnels. So so say they build a quiz and then they build the funnel. It's like, here's your answer and here's who you are. You're a nervous Nelly. I don't know. That's a horrible answer, but don't make anyone be nervous. But, you know, let's just go with it. Um, And then you follow up with some more emails that are like, if you're a nervous Nelly, here's a top, here's a tip for you. What happens when the funnel is over and then they go silent? Yes. So one of the biggest things when it comes to having an email funnel is to not allow it. Don't just have that and then never email again. So if you're someone who's thinking, I'm going to make a quiz, but I'm never going to email a general newsletter ever again, I'm not going to suggest a quiz for you. Because once Nervous Nelly goes through the quiz, they're probably going to want to hear from you at some point. So what we usually suggest a quiz works well is 
have at least a monthly newsletter. So that way you're committing every month to giving them something top of mind. So depending on the type of quiz, depending if it's B2B or, or B2C, that would look a little different. But the goal is again to be top of mind. So maybe it is a B2C, you know, you might only have nine or eight months of them actually staying in that funnel when they're engaged. There's still ways that you can nurture them throughout that journey. So that way you're top of mind when it's ready to book. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, this is an anecdote from year, years ago because I've been doing this forever. But I used to have a, 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 a newsletter for Moxie Bright, my wedding planning company, back when I was doing volume. Right. That's an important distinction that I had to make. Back when I was doing volume, when I was doing 38 to 40 weddings a year, which was volume for me. Probably people who do hundreds are like, ah, ha, 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 ha. but for me as a solopreneur back then, that was a lot. I would send a monthly newsletter and all I would do is I would highlight my most recent wedding is whatever, whatever, whatever I got back from the, from the photographer, right? I would write a little blog post. I would send out the blog post. I would give them one wedding planning tip and that was it. And it wasn't a huge list. I had like maybe two or 300 people on it. But can I tell you the amount of times people would respond going like, oh, we've been meeting to contact you. Can we, can we do a, can we do a consult call? I got booked so much from that tiny little email list. So if you're thinking like, oh, I don't have enough, I don't have enough like reach or volume or audience or who's, what difference will it make? Y'all, I made thousands of dollars off of a 200 person email list. I think I did it on MailChimp. It was like, it was all my old branding. Like, oh, I, I'm rolling my eyes. It's like my pink, my pink, uh, my pink logo with gold glitter. Like it was back in the day. It was 2013, but it worked back then. It, it will work even more now because people are more used to that sort of marketing now. Oh, hundred percent. And I love that you touched on the size of the email list. Cause I, that's a big, I feel like that's a big obstacle. People are like, but I don't have an email list slash like, I don't, how big is it going to get? And we tell our clients the exact same thing you don't need to have a lot of sales for it to be worth it, right? Like you said, like it is, you don't need to have hundreds of people on an email list to convert into money. Nope. So even if you're just booking one or two a year, I mean, that's thousands huge. of dollars. Yeah. 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 Easily pays for itself. Easily. And I'll say from the B2B side, uh, those, most of you who listen to the podcast are probably already on my email list. One of the things that has been really remarkable about that email list uh, the, and which does have a substantial number of people on it, is that even if I'm not marketing my own products, if I am talking about a summit I'm doing or promoting something for someone else, feedback from those creators are like, oh, your people, you always, you have a high percentage of conversion. And I'm like, well, good, because that means my people trust me and they know I'm not bringing them bullshit. And it's just a different way to create a relationship with folks who are interested in what you're talking about. That's really all I think it is. It's not really selling. It's like, hey, this thing is interesting to me. Maybe you'll be interested in it too. Yeah, exactly. And I think when we think of it as a relationship versus a selling point or social media where you have to like show up and like be on all the time, if you just think of it as like almost like old school, like writing letters, like I think of them as letters. Like I kind of think of it as like I'm writing a letter to a group of my friends and I'm just telling them what's up. And that's like, you don't have to think too deeply about what that newsletter is. Like you said, it can be very short. Yeah. very simple, yeah. but it builds that authority in your audience that is so needed for them to make purchasing decisions. Right. And it teaches them your perspective to know if you align. Right. So like when I write my weekly newsletter for the podcast, like obviously I've recorded the show, I've listened to the show. 
I've actually put it through an AI podcast tool. They spit out some copy for me. It almost never is appropriate or in my voice. So I at least go like, okay, well, that's what the computer thinks. What, do, what Renee thinks about this episode, my perspective on this piece of work is this. And that's what the newsletter is. It's my perspective on that wedding or that tip or that guest on a podcast or that summit that I'm doing. It's literally, why do I think this is important? Summit, hopefully it resonates with someone in the audience. That's really all we're trying to do is connect. And I love that you think they're letters. I mean, like, what an amazing mindset to have instead of like, oh, I'm bothering them. It's like, no, I'm just writing a letter to my friends. Yep, exactly. And at the end of the day, like, it's just making those authentic connections and giving them examples of stuff that you love and want them to know more about. Yeah, that's why I think uh, I've trained myself over the years, right, to think of sales as offers. Like, you're just offering this. It's an offer. Do you have to take it? No. But it's here if you'd like it. Here's my offer. And I just think that is such also a healthier mindset to be in. And it helps you kind of disconnect from any sort of icky feeling about like, oh, but I'm only writing them because I want them to buy something for me. Not really. You're writing to connect. Exactly. And I love the way you think of, of like you said, sales, because they don't know you have an offer until you tell them. And they don't know you have a quiz until you tell them about 9 million times. Yes. I was going to say, you got to talk about it. Like there's, you know, you kind of have to make sure people know about it because it takes people a few times of touch points before they do anything in life. It's oh, yeah. definitely still a quiz. Oh, yeah. And also there's this magical thing that happens once you become like a marketer, really, if you consider yourself that. I hope everyone steps into that role in their business, but this magical thing happens when you send an email and then you see people take action. You post about it on social and you see people take action. And then you can literally see the difference in impact between email list, social, you know, even putting it, I'm never on Facebook anymore, but I suppose putting something out on Facebook, like you have to sort of train yourself to put yourself out there. If you never talk about it, you're like, well, my quiz isn't working. It's like, well, is it not working or do you not talk about it? <laughs> exactly. And I will say for especially like B2B, one of the reasons I love quizzes is it makes your call to action so much easier, right? Because I think a lot of times, especially B2B, you think about funnels and you think you have to have 15 freebies. Like I feel like someone out there at one point said, you need to have 26 yes. freebies. It's so funny, yes. And they all need to be very different for some odd reason. We don't quite know. And they need to confuse your audience, right? <laughs> like that's for some reason that was the... I don't know who did us wrong, but they did. They did. They did. But what I love about a quiz is a quiz can be a one freebie for all. Like this can be your call to action. So if you're out there and you're thinking, I have so many freebies, A, awesome. We can turn that into a quiz. We can make the freebie be the result of the quiz, right? Like there's ways to include all the stuff you've made. And B, imagine how much easier it is where every time you do a speak engagement and in-person and online, a blog post, you had the exact same call to action, which was take my quiz. Like, and that's literally all you told them to do was to take that quiz. Yep. Like A, it makes your marketing easier and yep. B, you're gonna get a lot more people. But like, if you are attending industry events, like regardless of your industry, like let's say I always see, whenever you go to like a big conference like Wedding MBA, you see people set up at their booth. And all I keep thinking is how fun would it be if you had your quiz on an iPad ready and they got like a sticker and it was like, yes. you are X. And then they are promoting it. Like it is such a fun and easy thing for you to promote. And it makes your marketing easier when you're not telling them, go download freebie number 62 <laughs> that I just made. Instead, it's like, take my quiz. 
Take that quiz. Adrian, I'm stealing that idea and I'm gonna make I'm gonna get stickers made that say your theme song is. I'm gonna do it. We have I a lot of we have a lot of completely bananas ideas for this year's wedding to be a booth, including like a meditation spot. So like who knows what'll actually happen. I know. We're really doing the most this year. But I love that idea. Anyone who has a quiz is coming to Wedding MBA, you better get on it. Will you be at Wedding MBA this year? I will. I am so excited. Oh my God. I say that as though I don't know. I did know because Adriana is also one of our very dear and lovely sponsors for the Mixer and Conference Confident, y'all. Yes. And honestly, one of our jobs is to make a quiz by Wedding MBA. So don't worry. Ava and the Bee will have a quiz. Yes. Ava and the Bee coming in hot with that quiz. Do you know the topic yet or do you want to keep it a secret? I think I do. So the funny, the funniest part, and as a business owner, we can all relate. We do everything for everybody else but our own business. Um, so I have been yes. like in the process of building a quiz for Ava and the Bee for about two and a half years. <laughs> but working on my own quiz is impossible. Like I can work on 15 other quizzes that are not my own. But if you tell me to make a quiz for my business, I just stare at you like, what's a quiz? <laughs> so it will be something about marketing. Amazing. It will be fun. <laughs> I cannot wait. I can't wait to take it. I'm going to take it immediately. Um, this is a question that I've been asking all the folks that come on the show because I now am obsessed with self-care. I have been for years, but now we have the membership, as you very well know, better with Renee Dallow. So my question for you, Adriana, is what is your one or two non-negotiable self-care practices for you? So my first one is my manicures. So I know it sounds small, but getting my manicures, having that hour at the nail salon where I'm disconnected from literally everything around me and I'm just getting like a mani and a pedi to me is a non-negotiable every two weeks. Like they know I come in every two weeks on the dot. So that's my number one. <laughs> and I would say my second one when it comes to self-care is honestly like just disconnecting from technology. I'm very big on not having my phone with me at night, yeah. putting it on silent for 90% of the day. Yeah. Because for me, that's just, I need the silence. Oh, my phone is on silent 100% of the time. People in my life, like my personal friends and family find it infuriating. Cause they're like, I can never get you. I'm like, it's literally in my hand. I see that it's happening. I just can't have all the dings and, and what's not. I can't do it. I respect that 100%. Yeah. Like it's very distracting. It is. I also want to call out if I can, something that I know about you from social media. And this is uh, speaks to the membership because we talk a lot about ritual. You have a breakfast habit. You have a rituals, a ritualized breakfast. Can you tell it us? Is, it is my self care, and I know it sounds crazy, but I have had the same breakfast since 2013 ish. Love it. We're about a decade, so I have two pieces of Pepperidge Farm toast. Um, and fun fact, by the time this podcast comes out, I will be living in Philadelphia because my husband is going to be working at Campbell's who own Pepperidge Farm. What? You manifested this. I think I did. He's not working on Pepperidge Farm yet, but I think we did manifest You it manifested because... this. They better sponsor you. Pepperidge Farm, go send her some cinnamon, cinnamon bread. It's cinnamon bread, right? Cinnamon raisin bread? It's technically the French toast oh, if oh, we're going to get technical. Okay, uh, so toast. I've been tagging them every day for about a decade. <laughs> So they really need a sponsor. Come on, send her some free bread. bread my God. Um, I will say though, Pepperidge Farm bread is a little bit addictive. I grew up on the on the East Coast, as everybody knows. And when I was a kid, I was obsessed. They had this, I don't think they still make it. It was called like bakery white. And it was like a, a like a, 
like a sort of a tiny square bread. It was pretty dense. It was like not, you know how most kids are obsessed with Wonder Bread? I liked this weird bougie bread that my poor mother, who was like barely had two nickel scrubs together, I was like, only this bread, mother. And she's like, oh, good Lord. So Pepperidge Farm, it just, there's something in it. There's something in it that's very addictive, I think. Oh, it, no, it is. Like I, I'm obsessed with my bread, like every morning and I take a picture of it and I yeah. tag Pepperidge Farm and that is, Homebake, someday I'll be the number one influencer for them. I love that. And also, the ritual of your breakfast is so fascinating to me because I also have a ritualized, pretty ritualized breakfast. And I think it's um, it's key for entrepreneurs to do things in ritual because we remove the the questioning, right? You know exactly what's going to happen when you wake up every day. Yes. I have a very strict, like, I like having a solid morning routine. Like, I even wear the same V-neck every day in different colors. Like, I own this in 14 different colors, <laughs> and it's what I wear. And it's yeah. like I have my v-neck and I have my toast yeah. and I enter the office at the same time and for me it is a hundred percent like it allows me to like get refocused honestly yeah. like I feel like I'm ready to tackle the day once I have my breakfast and my toast here's my last question for you are you going to bring the french toast to Mexico <laughs> to be honest I have traveled with it before <laughs> My poor husband's going to be so embarrassed that I just said that out loud, but I try not to, but like, honestly, like have done it in the past. Well, sure. When we get to Mexico, I'm going to be like, open your bag and show me the bread. Just show it. Just, we're going to put it on social media together because we're going to Mexico next year at the end. And I'm going to have to tell them like, what's your room request? A toaster? A toaster, please. And some, and a refrigerator for some butter or whatever. Do you put butter? Is it peanut butter? I just do, I do butter. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty basic, but yeah, I need a toaster and a fridge and some butter so I can have my toast every morning. I love it. I love it. Adriana, where can everyone find you on the internet? So we are at Ava and the Bee on all of the platforms. So Sweet. come hang out with us. Come hang out with us. Come hang out with us at Wedding MBA, y'all. Little, I'm, so I'm gonna I'm gonna plug the the mixer a little bit because the mixer is uh, this year it's at the Museum of Selfies. Amber and I took a site visit a few weeks ago when we were in town for a different conference, and oh my god, it's rad! I was going in with a cynic mind a little bit to be honest. I was like, because you know, I was like, mm, what's this place gonna be like? And the first of all, my husband was with us who acted like a literal toddler he was so excited he was like bouncing around from exhibit to exhibit he was on his own taking his own selfies we were like okay bye you're gonna have such a ball at this thing you're gonna be able to mix and mingle and get content i just i think it's gonna be the best party we've ever thrown and y'all better buy your tickets now we also have complete like we've bought out the place it's just for us there ain't gonna be anybody else there oh that's even cooler i'm like looking into getting like my my brand pattern like on an outfit because I want to be like I'm like man how can I really make this branded content you got to bring your selfie sticks dress in your brand colors if you want or just come as you are that's the thing there'll be a bar so you'll be a little loose there'll be some snacks so you won't be hungry but literally you guys I think this is going to be I don't want to actually no I'm not even going to it won't jinx it this is going to be the best it's going to be the best it's going to be there's only room for like 100 like 175 people now or that's what we have room for anyway you're going to be like, that's not the people. No, it won't. Uh-uh. Every single year it sells out. It sells out like a month before the thing and everyone's mad that we can't get tickets. Because we've bought out the entire place, um, there is a, there, I think we're actually kind of pushing capacity. Don't tell them. But um, that's it. And we get it. And we get it for the whole run. And we're going to have a little music piped in. I don't know. It's just going to be rad. I'm really excited about it, obviously. Yeah, I'm so excited for Yay! it too. Well, I'll put the link to the um, mixer tickets in the show notes as well. So you can go grab the tickets. Dear, I'll see you in Vegas, and then I'll see you in Mexico. 
Yes. Two great fun adventures. Amazing. Well, listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. I know your time is the one thing you cannot make any more of. And so I'm always very, very grateful that you spent it with us. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast. And connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.